Our scripture this morning is from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Be reading from the, uh, it's, this is the 2011 uh, version of the NIV, the same that's uh, on screen. Paul's word. Bringing us God's word from 1 Corinthians 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Spirit is uh, the essence of something. We might say that spirit is what makes a person tick. Uh, Spirit is kind of an intangible essential. The right spirit can make an athlete elite. The right spirit can change the atmosphere. Uh, There's a big difference between a parade that brings a spirit of joy and a march which brings a spirit of protest. Paul knows the strength of spirit. He tells us it's the spirit of God which leads us into the way of God. The Holy Spirit takes up where Jesus left off. All the Holy Spirit has to do is blow into a room and everything changes. True spirituality is all about Jesus. The Holy Spirit points us toward Jesus. Sometimes we think that spiritual is about an experience. We think uh, spirituality is about personal growth. Paul writes, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. Uh, Literally, literally that phrase, gifts of the Spirit, are things of the Spirit. Paul was writing to the Corinthians to help them understand spiritual things. The Corinthian Christians were confused about spiritual things. They were under the impression that some gifts were better than others. They elevated some people in the community above others. This created a spirit of disunity. And Paul writes about this distortion. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Once they pursued a spirituality that wasn't of Christ. The spirit, this spirit, led them astray. But now they are of Christ. Their pagan idols are left behind, 
But unfortunately, they didn't understand that spirituality in Christ is more than an ecstatic expression. See, many figured that those who spoke in tongues expressed the height of spirituality. Some in the Corinthian community thought speaking in tongues meant the person was conversing in the language of angels. The popular opinion was that speaking in tongues was the highest form of spiritual expression. And so the Corinthian Christians were confused between what was spiritual and what was Christian or of Christ. Someone once kind of put it like this. They said, Corinth was sort of like an orchestra. At times, orchestras can have a sort of class distinction. The strings section oftentimes considers themselves superior to the other sections. I mean, after all, they are often the ones who carry the tune in classical works. But even within the strings section, violins consider themselves superior to violas or double bass. But these kinds of distinctions also extend to other sections within the orchestra. Flutes and oboes think of themselves as superior to the brass. And in the brass section, trumpets regard themselves as superior to trombones. And the lowliest instruments are like the tuba and the timpani. Now, usually this is all sort of carried on in good fun because instrumentalists know reality. Certain pieces of music depend on the so-called lesser instruments. The overture to Mozart's magic flute needs the trombones to be in good form. Try the 1812 overture without strong timpani. Sooner or later, all instruments must acknowledge they need each other to complete the music. Paul is offering that kind of a basic Pentecost lesson to the Corinthians. He teaches them how God's Spirit works in their lives. Our spirituality often pursues simply an experience, but Paul is telling us that God's Spirit pursues life in Christ. God's Spirit binds us to Jesus. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us to say and live and breathe and act out this one truth. Jesus is Lord. Now, Jesus is Lord is a a foundational statement of Christian faith. It was a statement that was made to counter the Roman idea that Caesar was Lord. Paul wrote to the Roman church, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And in another letter, Paul wrote, At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You are a Christian because the Holy Spirit brought you to the point where you acknowledged Jesus as Lord. Paul wants the Christians in Corinth to see the Holy Spirit of Pentecost leading them to submit to Jesus as their Lord. Christian spirituality acknowledges that Jesus holds all of life together. Paul says no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. True spirituality is centered on Jesus, our Lord. Of course, maybe this idea of Lord sounds a bit strange to us. I mean, most of us aren't interested in submitting to anyone. We don't somebody want somebody else telling us what to do. We want to be in control. We want to set the direction in our lives. But this is exactly Paul's point. 
The problem in Corinth was that some were living as if they were superior to others, that they were the ones who could call the shots. Their symphony was out of balance. So Paul states some crucial first principles for the Corinthians in their life together. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There's different kinds of instruments in the orchestra, but they all require a certain level of musicianship to play them. There are different kinds of service, says Paul, but the same Lord. There's different styles of playing in the orchestra, but they all follow the same conductor. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Instruments produce different tones. Some can be played at different volumes, but the same composer wrote the piece to be performed. Now true, analogies only work so far, but Paul is doing something here that's striking. He notes that though we are different from each other in terms of gifts, there is this basic unity. The church resembles God. Unity is expressed in three closely related ways. Spirit, Lord, and God. To declare Jesus as Lord is to recognize this unified work of God. Which leads Paul to conclude, if we don't have the Spirit, we could just as likely say, Jesus be cursed. But because God's Spirit lives in us, we, all, all, we, we not only cannot curse Jesus, we will fall on our knees and live for Him in all things. The Holy Spirit holds our lives together. Apart from the Holy Spirit, we would wander off in our own direction. But because of the Spirit, we're fashioned into this community of Jesus Christ. The contemporary testimony, Our World Belongs to God, puts it like this. At Pentecost, promises old and new are fulfilled. The ascended Jesus becomes the baptizer, drenching his followers with his Spirit, creating a new community where Father, Son, and Holy Spirit make their home. Revived and filled with the breath of God, women and men, young and old, dream dreams and see visions. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit revive our lives. Part of the Spirit's work is to make new where sin and brokenness reigned. In 2017, 400 musicians gathered in Philadelphia to perform David Lang's Symphony for a Broken Orchestra. They were amateurs and professionals. Uh, the youngest of them was 9 years old. The oldest was 82 years old. And each of the 400 brought with them a broken instrument. A trumpet, a trumpet held together by blue painter's tape. A, a violin with no A string. A cello in multiple pieces. See, funding for music programs and schools had been cut. Instruments fell into disrepair. But Lang created something beautiful out of them. At first, the instruments were silent. But then they began to make unique sounds. A broken trumpet tapped out the rhythm on its keys. A bow was scraped over the violin's body. A cellist made a noise by plucking a stringless peg, tuning, turning a stringless peg. Despite all the struggle the instrumentalists had in order to make some sound, this broken orchestra produced a harmony of playful joy. 
under the direction of the Holy Spirit, the church, made up of all kinds of broken people, produces a symphony of living praise to Jesus our Lord. Our world tosses the broken to the side. The Holy Spirit binds us together in Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit, from the beginning to the end of Christian life, points us in one direction. Jesus is Lord. And the good news is, there are a million ways to express our unity in Christ's Lordship. Speaking in tongues is not the be-all and end-all. By the Holy Spirit, diversity rules. The Spirit provides a, a variety of gifts to demonstrate Jesus' Lordship to the church and the world. Now to each one, says Paul, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. One person has the message of wisdom, another the message of knowledge. One, one life serves through the gift of faith, another works through healing. There are miraculous powers and prophecy and distinguishing between spirits. There's speaking in different tongues and interpretation of tongues. Diversity abounds in the life of the Spirit. One Lord acknowledged in thousands of ways. Even so, the body's not made up of one part, but many. Of course, again, diversity makes sense. God is diverse. One in three the diversity of gifts in the church has its roots in God's triune diversity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Notice again what Paul says. There are different kinds of gifts. There are different kinds of service. There are different kinds of working. Ministry in the church happens through everyone and is expressed through all of the diverse ways that we exercise it. God shows up through the gifts and the services and the workings of many different people. The Holy Spirit moves electricians and teachers to commit their work to Jesus, their Lord. Factory workers and soccer players, carpenters and business owners live lives of holy service to the Lord because of the Holy Spirit. Most spiritualities simply seek to please themselves. But when the Holy Spirit directs our days... Then, like Abraham Kuyper once said, whether you do art, bus tables, lay concrete, clean toilets, bring up kids, care for the elderly, perform brain surgery, pump gas, clean teeth, play football or shine shoes, no matter what you do, you do it all for the Lord's honor and glory. Each of you has a spiritual gift that you offer for God's glory. God's Spirit works in all of us in different ways to bring to life a gift of service or of working to accomplish God's work. First, discovering your gifts helps you to find out what you're not suited for, kind of like feet on the top of the head. Some of you are not made for work with kids. Your own are fine, but to lock you in a room with other people's kids would be complete torture. But it's also true that when you discover your gifts, you find what God has made you for. Your heart beats faster when you pray with others. You sense God's power moving through you when you help somebody else. When you lead, others follow. When you teach, others learn. When you say a word of encouragement, others have hope to be able to move forward. 
All of these, says Paul, are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Giving or administration or prophecy or wisdom or craftsmanship or knowledge or speaking in tongues or working miracles, these are all kinds of ways that we show Jesus is Lord. With the Holy Spirit, diversity rules. Of course, spiritual gifts are not for our benefit. They exist for the good of all. Or as Paul puts it, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The Spirit doesn't dispense gifts so that we feel better about ourselves. We don't lead or give or teach or serve so that our names end up in lights. We use what God has given us so that others will be honored. We humble ourselves to build up others. We humbly offer our gifts for the common good. As Augustine of Hippo once said, the way to Christ is first through humility, second through humility, third through humility. If humility does not proceed and accompany and follow every good work we do, if it's not before us to focus on, if it's not beside us to lean upon, if it's not behind us to fence us in, pride will wrench from our hand any good deed we do at the very moment we do it. A man got on an airplane, and as he walked through first class, it became clear to him uh, that the people who were sitting in first class all worked for the same company. And it was also clear that they were just having a great time. And he made his way back to coach, found his seat, and soon realized that the guy next to him worked for the same company as all of those in first class. Doesn't it make you angry, he said, that all those who work for the same company as you sitting in first class and you're stuck here in coach? How did that happen? Very simple, replied the man. They work for the company. I own the company. See, the man had inherited the company from his father, and his dad had treated everyone like a servant, like his gopher. He gave orders, others took them. He got the best, others got leftovers. So the son decided to do things differently. He devoted himself to the good of his employees. He used his position to serve them rather than be served by them. Paul says the body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts. And though all the parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. As a community of Christ, we support each other. Not just so we can get through the day and feel good. We're a community of people who share the struggle of living life in Christ. That's why we look out for each other. The Spirit joins us together in the body of Christ to live together, not in judgmentalism, but in the spirit of love. Chapter 13 is all about that love. You should read it this afternoon. It's integral to understanding chapter 12. By the Spirit, what appear to be fragmented pieces, God unites for the good of all. The Spirit gives gifts so that we can help others know God better, love God more, and serve God more faithfully. Because we can't make it in this world without each other. I can't live without you. You can't live without the others around you. God knit us together as a body for the good of all.
each of you has something to offer. What you have to offer is valuable for the whole body here at Emmanuel Church. In fact, your contribution is necessary, essential for the ministry of this body. Maybe you caught the launch of the SpaceX rocket yesterday. Doesn't happen unless every engineer, every astronaut, every technician is doing what they must for the sake of the launch. I mean, imagine if somebody decided to hold back on doing their job because they didn't feel like it. Imagine if somebody decided to do their own thing because they thought things should move in a different direction. If the church were like this, it'd be a mess. In the church, every person uses their gifts for the whole. You, You can't cop out. You can't do your own thing. Your gifts are meant to be used to serve God alongside a whole community of others. We humbly submit our gifts for the common good. Gifts from God for the good of all. We take our diversity of gifts and we submit them all to our one Lord Jesus Christ. God's always worked like this. Because our model is Jesus. He used his gifts for the good of all. Jesus gave everything for the common good. And all who believe in him follow his lead. No, you don't have to be Jesus to make a difference. There are a million ways to acknowledge him. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to each of you so that you can join everybody else in service to the common good. Imagine all of us discovering and developing and using our gifts for the good of all. Imagine who God wants us to be for him, for each other, for the world. A diverse group of people serving our one Lord, Jesus Christ. Let me close with a prayer, a prayer that was uh, given me by Uh, my spiritual director. Let me pray this. Let's pray together. Wind of God, blow me where you will. Fill my sails, be my course. Raise my anchor holding so fast. Cut the lines that tie me to the dock. Your deep breathing and laboring love birth me through this canal of life into life. Lead me to a place that I can't name, can't control, can't choose first. Even if the strange place is within the foreign land, my neighbor. Spirit, be, be my wind on the baptismal water. Give me courage to be blown off course with love. Abandon me from ego's maps and breathe me into the new world. You, my ship, my captain, my natal sea, my breath. The only place I hope to go. Amen.